Welcome to episode 49 of the newly rebranded Prestige Performance Podcast. For the last three or four years, you've been accustomed to listening to Red Devil Talk. The name chained is because I have other interests. I want to cover other sports, other topics. There will still be more than enough Manchester United content for the United fans. But I have decided to branch out a little bit, explore other avenues, explore other aspects of sport. So I hope you still enjoy the podcast. Right, that's enough of me rambling. Let's get into this week's podcast. This podcast is actually one we ran with Red News about a year ago, so it's only ever been shared in written form in the magazine. I've never shared the audio. A lot of people have actually messaged me a number of times to share the audio and that they would be very interested in hearing it. So, yeah, here it is. This week, my guest is a man who needs no introduction to any United fan, to any Irish fan. I am privileged to say I'm joined live on the line by Kevin Morn. First things first, Kevin, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? You okay? All good, all good. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. No problem. Your story is a fascinating one in the sense that you are excelling at Gaelic football. You had won two All-Irelands with Dublin. You then decided to move to England and pursue a career in professional soccer. But what I want to know is, at that time, Kevin, how difficult was it for you to leave Dublin? It was a big decision. Um, when I think about it at the time, Dave Sexton was the manager, and when he asked me, listen, Kevin, he said to me, when we were driving back from the training ground, and um, he said, we'd like to offer you a two-and-a-half-year contract. And my first reaction was... Oh, I said, I wasn't expecting this. Do you mind if I take a few weeks to think about it? And he said, hello. I said, maybe three weeks. So it seems a bit strange to be offered a job or to be offered to be playing for Manchester United and to take three weeks about it. But it's because of the Dublin situation I was in. And um, it, did, it, did, it did take me a couple of weeks just to make sure it was the right decision as well. But I had to do it. You know, it was just too big a chance to turn down. So, yeah, it was a big decision for me to leave Dublin. Aside from playing Gaelic football with Dublin, you also had a commerce degree from UCD at that time. So possibly you had a certain plan, pathway, a certain trajectory whereby you thought your life was going. Then United come calling. But what was the big defining moment where you said, yeah, you know what, I'm going to give this a go? The big decision on it, Jimmy, is a fair question. The big decision was, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to make it. So that was the big decision. I would always ask myself in 10, 15, 20, 30 years' time, I wonder could I have made it if I went over to Manchester United? So that was the re- main reasons why I went, to see if I could actually do it. Because I could always come back. 
you know, there was never a problem. You know, if it didn't work out, if I didn't didn't if it didn't work out for me at United, I could always have come back. So um, in the end, it did work out, and looking back, obviously the best decision I made. Even though it did hurt me a lot to leave Dublin at that time after winning two All Irelands. I want to ask you about Dave Sexton, and I want to ask you about when he returned to Old Trafford injured after playing for Dublin. What was Dave's reaction to that? He kind of like laughed a little bit about it. And he says, he says that'll be the end of your Dublin days, you know. And um, obviously I knew that would have been the situation then as well, really, you know. But he was very supportive. He really was. He actually gave me permission to go and play in the All-Ireland Finals, 78. So um, that made it a little bit easier. It wasn't, it wasn't like what I did in previous games, which was just to go over and play. A hamstring injury, I believe, was it? It was. It was a hamstring injury that um, took a long time to recover because every time I was nearly there, it went again. And it kind of like plagued me for a lot of my career at United, you know, that hamstring. Um, so so it, it, it was unfortunate, but um, he, he, was, he was great, as I said, very supportive. And by the time I got fit and ready, it was almost into 79, then I made my debut at the end of that season. One thing I like to do, Kevin, when I'm interviewing United players is I like to involve the fans. I like to get fan questions and involve them as much as I can because at the end of the day, I am just a fan. And me even talking to you, you know, I feel very lucky. So if I can get fans involved and ask your questions, I always will. One question I was asked to ask was, in terms of fitness, uh, intensity, what was the more difficult game to play, GAA? or soccer, or was there any difference, really? Um, I have to admit that when I went over, I didn't find too much difference in fitness-wise. I was quite fit from the Dublin setup. You know, the Dublin team at that time were a very fit machine, and um, it was easy for me to adapt to the, the situation at United. Now, in saying that, when I did go over, that was in February 78, so I was just at the you know, at the second part of the season when things are a little bit easier. It wasn't like it's pre-season or anything like that. So it, it, that did make it that bit easier as well. But, um, you know, it, 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 there's not that, there wasn't that much difference between the two. A big question here from Kevin Griffin. He wants to know, would you swap one of your Sam Maguires with Dublin for a league title with United? <laughs> I think the answer to that is definitely a yes. <laughs> yeah, if I look back, the one thing I've always feel that I've always felt this out when was just winning the league. And um, you know, as much as I've got two Sams as well, and you'd hate to trade any anyone else for anything else. Yes, there, there would. If there was one thing looking back on the career, it would have been in the time at United that we we never won the league then. Another fan question. Loads of GEA questions. Uh, do you think the Mayo curse is real? <laughs> If you had to choose one, the Stretford end or Hill 16, what would you say is a better buzz? Oh. That's a tough one. That, that is a tough one. Um, wow, that's a good one and a tough one. I'd have to say that there's more of a noise that comes from the Stretford end. You know what I mean? And they're more used to the singing at that time than even during the Dublin time, much more so now than even in my day. But even when the hill was in full flow, the sight was magnificent to see. 
But the big difference would have been the hill was not enclosed. Yeah. If the hill was enclosed, I think there might have been an awful lot more people in the hill than there would have been in the Stratford End. And therefore, that would have made that atmosphere probably that little bit more special. Let's chat about the 83 semi-final with Arsenal. Uh, I suppose for many fans, Kevin, that summed you up as a player, the punch salute to the fans, the willingness to get hurt for the cause. Is that depiction of you as a brave player, how you like to be remembered? Um, I think very much part of my game was that I didn't see danger, you know what I mean, which is a great way to, to, to look upon things, you know, when you play the game. Um, you know, if I, if I thought I could win a ball, I went for it. That was it, just full stop. Um, that's probably due a lot as well to the Gaelic, you know, upbringing as well, which is, everybody knows it's a physical game, it's a tough game. Um, but that instinct at United was very much fans more than anything else. Yeah. So, you know, the, once again, as I was just passing them by, the cheer they gave me, you know, you know, we were winning the game, there's only eight minutes to go in the game or so. Um, and that and the sense was that, you know, we we're there, we've won the semi-final, we're into the final. I just couldn't but, you know, put me fist up and more to say, yes, we've done it, you know. So that, that was just an instant reaction. But it's once again what the fans do for you, you know, at Old Trafford, you know. They're just absolutely brilliant. They really are. And they do get that extra little bit out of you. You took a few slaps that day. <laughs> I just remember the one, the one I came off in. I'm not sure. How's the body nowadays? I'm very fortunate. The body's in good shape. But even during my career, as I said, I had a lot of hamstring injuries, the odd calf, maybe something like that. But I'd never any serious injuries like knee injuries or back injuries or ankle injuries or things that, you know, would curtail your career or things that would later on in life have, have a big impact. So I was fortunate from that point of view and um, touch wood even now, you know, you know I'm, in, I'm in decent shape now. Of course, the 85 semi-finals are memorable. The replays, there was crowd trouble. I'm wondering, can players switch off from such hostile crowds or does it affect you? Does it enter your consciousness at all? Yes, when you're on the pitch, unless the play hasn't stopped for it. You know what I mean? Your, your concentration is on the pitch more than anything else, really. And you, you, you just hear the noise around and the buzz around the place. So if there was something really going on, the, the, the game would need to for you to take it more on board. Otherwise, you're just concentrated very much on the game itself. As you can imagine, I have plenty of questions uh, about the FA Cup final against Everton, the sending off. Now that all these years have passed, Kevin, I'm wondering how do you reflect understanding off now do you think it was harsh or well it was harsh because there was no intent from me you know what I mean and that's the reason why um, if you look at it and analyse it my foot is on the ground going in it's not high it's not taking them down or anything like that it's for the ball and you know but I must admit I was shocked when he sent me off but when I saw it afterwards and this was straight after the game you know it was kind of like shown to me I was shocked by it because I thought it looked terrible, you know, and that's how it would come across, really, you know, because of the way the angles that we were coming in at, you know what I mean, to Peter Reid going one way, going across the other way. Um, but it's kind of like his 
is he kind of catapulted over my body as I'm going in rather than actually taking him out as, as well, really. And if, if there was the analysis that you'd have now, you'd be able to look back and yeah. say, listen, actually, he's, he's not cutting with his foot. You know what I mean? It's the body going over me more than anything else, you know. Can you remember what you said to the ref, Peter Willis, when he sent you off? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to say to him, what have I done? You know, what are you sending me off for? Tell me what I've done. And you can see I'm trying to pull him back and trying to get him, and he's just dismissive of me. You know what I mean? Um, and that, and that's what I was trying to say, because I couldn't figure it out. Because if I'd done a bad tackle, and if I thought I'm in the wrong, I've done a bad tackle, what I would always do would go back and pick the player up. You know, and make sure the ref says, oh, look, he doesn't mean it. But I've actually walked away thinking, no, you know, I've not seen the extent of what he has seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because um, all I said, as I said to you, my foot's on the ground when I'm trying to go for the ball, sliding in for it. Um, so, when I came back, I wasn't expecting it. That's why I'm kind of like, you know, if you see the scenes, I'm angry with the referee because he won't explain to me what have I done. You know what I mean? And that's. Brian Robson comes running over as well and he's trying to say to him, you know, what's he done as well. In terms of headlines, controversy, how much did that hurt you? I'll be honest with you, not an inch. Not a fraction of it. I was kind of like numb for being sent off at that particular time. And I remember sitting on the bench and I was kind of like numb a bit as regards what else was happening in the game, a little bit. Because I was half thinking to myself, if we lose this, you know, we're down to 10 men, you know, you'll always blame yourself. And then it would have been horrendous. But the fact Norman comes up trumps and scores that magnificent goal at Wembley, everything else is erased. So afterwards, I have no issues with it. You know what I mean? You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? Um, being sent off hasn't, you know, been the first person or anything like that. I, I felt nothing about it. You know what I mean? You know, people were always saying to me, are you okay? You know, even that evening, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, why, what's the problem? We won. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I would, have, I would have needed a lot more comfort if we'd lost. Let's put it that way, but I needed no comfort because we had won. That was the main thing. Good stuff. So it didn't affect any of the celebrating then? Not at all. Not at all. And I, I must admit, even for years and years later on, the number of people that come to me, uh, they'd almost be afraid to ask the question. You know, and I'm thinking, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. You know, if you get sent off, you know, you're not committed a crime. You know, or anything like that. Who would you say was your toughest opponent if you had to pick one? I've always said my toughest opponent um, was actually in that game. But not in that particular game. Not that he caused any problems in that game. But Graham Sharp always felt getting me the toughest time. You know, so I've always put it, even though when you play up against a partnership in front, the best partnership ever I played against would definitely have been um, Dalglish and Rush. You know, as a partnership. They were, they were lethal. But they never did too much against us. So we never had an issue with them if you look back at the results we had against, you know, Liverpool at that time. But against Everton, I always found that, you know, Sharpie always came out the better, I think. You know, he scored a few goals and all the rest of it. I always thought, you know, he, kept, he was physical, he was strong, you know, he, he, and he was skillful as well. And, you know, he was, he, he was a hell of a player. I want to ask you about Sir Alex Ferguson's comments about you in his autobiography. Uh, he referred to you as a punch-drunk boxer. 
I'm wondering what was your reaction to that when you read it? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't the best way of putting things. I thought from Sir Alex's point of view, I don't think he particularly meant it that way. But as it came across, you know, it, it didn't look good. And I must admit, at the time, I wasn't you know very pleased about it. But um, as I said, I don't think he probably meant it in, in a malicious way. Um, but um, yeah, I would have thought he, he could have put it differently. Did it? Did it hurt? Well, as I say, I, I pretend I don't let these things, you know, linger with me at all. Really, I remember Jack Charlton did one, said one as well about me, but after the game, um, when I came off injured, and he said, "Oh well, Kevin's, you know, he was thick and confused," you know, and I went and I pulled him up on it. I said, "What do you mean I'm thick and confused?" Well, I meant you got a big. Which I had, you know, my head was out to be so he says, You would take your head was all out like that, and you were, you were con- more concussed, you know what I mean? So he got mixed up between concussed and confused, you know what I mean? So it came out across as being taken confused instead of being, you know, I mean, you know, a, a swelling and concussion, you know. So certain times, you know, words can come off, come out the wrong way, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I haven't picked it up with Sir Alex, I might have picked it up with Jack, but I didn't with Sir Alex. You mentioned Jack Charlton a moment ago, so let's chat about Jack for a minute, who sadly passed away recently. Um, how did you find working under Jack? What kind of a relationship did you have? We enjoyed Jack, you know what I mean? When Jack came along, we, we hadn't achieved too much as a nation playing in the football terms. And uh, things changed dramatically when he, when he did come. I do believe he was fortunate with the group of players he had at his disposal. You know, it's probably the best for has been for an awful long time. I'm not sure there's been better than um, But um, we did achieve a lot under Jack. And, you know, and that's what it's about. That's what players, you know, when we're at this particular level, you know what I mean? It's what we want to do is to achieve success. You know what I mean? And for that reason, we managed to achieve that under Jack. And Jack was great with us, you know, he gave us a lot of leeway and we had a lot of fun together, you know, he, he allowed us to do that, the sort of things that really you couldn't do now at the moment really, you know, because of constraints with players, what they can do and what they can't do. But we had, the players will all say, you know, at that era, it was a very, very enjoyable time to play. How do you view Irish soccer at the minute? Obviously, Stephen Kenny's come in, he's trying to put his stamp on things, but it's a, it's a difficult time, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a tough time, I think, you know, for Irish soccer, you know what I mean? It's it's more difficult for players to get to top teams and to, you know what I mean, to, you know, have the highest standards that you more or less other clubs or other teams are having, you know, we don't have that many there as well. I can't put my finger on it, the reason why, you know I mean? I really can't, but there's still more kids playing than ever before. Um, you know, the, the riches are greater than ever before to be a professional footballer. Um, it's not that the kids don't want to do it, but I just think it's harder to get up to the very top, you know, and, and, to, and to get there because of the fact that in the Premier League they're taking people in from all over the world, whereas when I played, it was just from England, Ireland, you know, Scotland, Wales, that was it. Um, and then it gradually came in a little bit with the foreign players, but not nothing like the extent it is now. So I think that makes it harder. But saying that, you know, you can play down at the, you know, in the in the middle of the, the in the Premier League or even Championship, you know, um, and that. But I just cannot put my finger on the reason, Jimmy, why 
we don't have a bit more success. We've been close on a couple of occasions, but we're just not there yet. Jumping back to United, Kevin, uh, I want to ask you about the Ron Atkinson era. Why do you think United failed to make that jump from a cup-winning team to a league-winning team on the run? Uh, once again, always difficult. Our, our problem at times was that we, we lost games or drew games with the teams at the bottom of the league or the table, teams that you'd expect to beat. You know, teams that Liverpool would have beat. We, we stumbled all over those ones. Whereas the teams at the top, we never had a problem with. You know what I mean? Um, now, you know, that's that's something we've got to look at the players themselves rather than the manager, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it's always it's always tough to, to figure that one out, really. You know, we were close on so many occasions. You know, the time was 85, 86, when we started with 10 straight wins. You know, we really should have kicked on from there. And that, that was the unfortunate year that I thought, well, this, this has got to be our year for trying to win it. Because we did have a good team. I've been really fortunate to speak to a number of United players from that era, from other eras. Uh, some of them have said to me that they felt absolutely crippled by the pressure of playing for United, the pressure of playing at Old Trafford. I'm wondering, did you experience pressure to that magnitude? I felt the pressure, but I never felt that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, there's no doubt about it. I think playing for Manchester United um, adds more pressure than any other club. Um, the expectation is so high. I know you can say that for the likes of even Liverpool or whatever, but the club is just not as big, I think, as United. You know, when you look at the stadium, you know, the crowds, the size of it as well. Um, and there is no doubt about it, even with players I played with as well, um, you can see how much the expectation, you know, really, you know, was a, was a, was a, like a heavy burden on them. You know, they, they didn't wear him to release it themselves. But that's something you've got to be able to adapt to. I often think today, with the team that today, there's a number of players there, and have been over the last number of years as well, that, you know what I mean, haven't really been able to adapt to the pressure of what Manchester United is all about. But when you get it right, you know what I mean, when you look back and you see the teams that Sir Alex has brought through and all the rest of it, and you name those teams, you look at those players and you think, they seem to be enjoying it. You know, they don't seem to see that pressure. You know what I mean? You know, and I've no doubt there, has, there was pressure on them. There's no doubt about it. But they were able to adapt to it and, you know what I mean, be, be able to it. But there is no doubt about it. There is, there is huge pressure at Manchester United. Were you disappointed to leave United? Yes, at the time. Yes, at the time. I remember asking Sir Alex why he was letting me go. And... Um, he did. He did mention um, two reasons. I mean, he says, "Well, Kevin, he says I like my centre backs to be at least six foot." And I said, "Well, I can't do much about that." And he says, "I just think you're the wrong side of thirty, you know, which I was at the time, thirty-two." But when I look back, it was probably one of the best things to happen because I went to Spain, you know, for a year and a half with Sporting Gijón, and I thought I came back a far better player almost. You know, because of what I learned over there with the style of football and all the rest of it, I just thought I learned an awful lot. And I came back and I was able to get four and a half more years out of Blackburn Rovers, which was a great time to, to go to that particular club. So in, in many ways, you know, by, by letting me go then, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It was, it was a huge favour to me. 
I actually wanted to ask you about your stint in Spain. Uh, in terms of culture, new styles of football, experiencing new things, what would you say was the highlight of your time in Spain? It's funny, you just you mentioned it, the culture, the style of play, you know what I mean, learning a new language, you know what I mean, the relaxation of it, you know, you, you go over it and, um, okay, you don't have the intensity you just had at, at, at Old Trafford, but sometimes you enjoy that. You know, I've been brought up that way from, from day one, from daily football, you know, I played in front of the big crowds, I played in front of, you know, all Ireland teams at a young age. So that sort of thing I enjoyed, you know what I mean? It wasn't, I never looked upon it as being a burden. So, you know, you go over and then you have a much easier relaxation way at Sporting Keon. But it was also, you know, a game in the league, it's still a tough game to play. Oh, there was intensity there. But playing against the other teams like your Barcelona, your Real Madrid, it was just a wonderful experience. Did you master the Spanish? I did. <laughs> <laughs> just at master I was beginning to absolutely speak it fluently then as well and then I came back to Blackburn What was Luis Enrique like to room with how did he get on yeah well Luis, Luis had just come in um, in the season that I'd left and I kind of like left maybe just over halfway through and he came in at the beginning of that season but he was such a slim little kid I mean like um, he was only about 17 I think 18 when he made his first team debut and he was so slim but you could see the quality he had when you were just thinking I wonder will he fit out a little bit more which obviously he did do but there were a few other good players as well like Adelardo was a good player that came in as centre back and he went on to have a great career with Barcelona and with um, Spain as well I'm curious to ask about the drinking culture tag that's often thrown at United at that time what I want to know is do you think it's justified or did it annoy you? Was it going on at every other club? Was it exaggerated? I, I believe it was going on at every club. You know what I mean? You know, I'd be good pals, as you well know, with the likes of Ronnie Whelan, who would have been at, at Liverpool, and the Liverpool players as well, that you know so well. And, and believe me, you know, today the culture then as well of it, you know. So it, it was too easy just to say it was that. You know, as far as I was concerned, I enjoyed the drink, but I, I, I'd never had one a Thursday or a Friday before the game. I never went to a club or on a Thursday. Friday, never had a drink. So it wasn't like as if, you know, we were drinking up to 24 or 48 hours before the game. I just wouldn't do that. So, yes, I would think if you looked at most other clubs, it was the same. Um, but at that time, I think if there was, a, yeah, a culture, but it was a culture right across the game rather than being just prevalent to, you know, the United players. How do you think you'd get on now in the world of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? <laughs> I'd absolutely hate it, but at the same time, you'd have to adapt to it. It's, it's like the rules of the game now at the moment. How would you adapt to the fact that you can't tackle? You know what I mean? So you can't tackle from behind. It's the sort of thing you just say, listen, I just can't do that, you know? Um... And, and, and likewise to the Twitter, to the Facebook, when you have a choice whether to go on there or come off, you know what I mean? So that's not a problem. But there's an awful lot now that players can't do, they've got to watch themselves and that, you know. So, yes, you know, the rules are the rules, so you just have to adapt to them, you just can't go breaking them. Speaking of rules, restrictions, did you ever break a curfew? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> we, we, we didn't get many, but I remember. 
remember we, we did break one with United with ceramics once and um, I was out in the Far East I think and then with Jack Charlton we just just broke the coffee all the time with Jack I think... did, he didn't impose many to be honest it's funny you mentioned tackling. Uh, my next question is actually about tackling, the modern game. What are your thoughts on the modern game in comparison to the days where you really could stick at tackling? Yeah, I, I, I think when you, when you look at a good tackle, you know, a good tackle, was, it's also a skill as well in art. You get a good tackle in as well to win the ball. You know, and, and you know, people didn't get that badly injured. You know, there's more injuries today, I think, with people doing crucial ligaments than there ever was in my day. Um, so, a good tackle as well used to get the crowd going. You know what I mean? You know, you'd really have the crowd up for it as well. They enjoy that part of the game. It is supposed to be a physical game. Whereas now, yes, you can tackle, but, you know, obviously from the back you can't, you know, from the side sometimes. You know, um, so it's, 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 it's a different game. You know, um, but I think if you look back, I think supporters would say they enjoyed and they relished some of the old days when you could have a good tackle. Kevin, as an Irishman, as a massive United fan, this has been really cool. I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for your time on behalf of Red News as well. We want to say a big thanks. No problem. All the best.